0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of A-Rod and Sweeney. Good evening,
1: everyone. Good to be back.
0: Yeah, big trade went down, huh, man?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Very interesting weekend, you know. I'm sitting there uh, on my couch Saturday night watching a movie with my wife and then all of a sudden my phone goes off and I look over and there it is, blockbuster. Yeah,
0: you know I'm a big Stafford guy. I wanted him for the Jets. I was surprised he went for that much. Now, granted, they had to get rid of Goff's contract, and, and you're not a big fan of him, so
1: No, no. I, I mean that's a that's a definite upgrade. I mean, look, Stafford, you know, to me, he's you know, he's a good quarterback who's been on a bad team. You know, I heard something today that the the only time Matt Stafford had a top ten defense in his career, he went eleven and five. And they were a playoff team. Now, you know, they didn't win in the playoffs or anything. But, um, you know, Detroit's a mess. It's a dysfunctional organization. I'm just glad he didn't go Um, to the Patriots. Yeah. And did you hear the report that he didn't – that's the one team he didn't want to go to? Really? Why? (laughs) Who knows? No, I didn't hear that. You didn't hear that, huh? Very, very interesting report. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, we can – we could definitely get into that. I mean, I, I got my theory. I think, you know, it's, um, you know, I, you know, it's it's not fun over there. You know, I mean, yeah, they had a dynasty and they won forever when Brady was there, but Brady's not there anymore. You saw what they are when they don't have a quarterback. And I think guys are like, you know, uh, why do I want to go there? And, um, you know, bust my butt, not have any fun, at, you know, just to go, you know, seven and nine or whatever they went this year, you you know. having Matt Patricia as his coach, you know, he came from that belt, you know, that Patriot uh, dynasty. He came from, you know, the, uh, the Belichick tree and he tried to kind of, you know, take that over to Detroit. So Stafford's probably sitting there like, look, I I just went through this, you know, like I went through the crap of having no fun and we didn't win. I don't want to go over there and do the same thing. Plus the weather sucks, you know, screw it. You know I mean? That, that's my theory on it, but, uh, who knows? But it was it was interesting when I heard that because you don't you don't really hear too often in the in the recent uh past here that people don't want to play for the Patriots. You yeah,
0: know? well uh I, I'm I'm surprised by that, but uh I think the Patriots might make a run at Garoppolo.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. You know, Be- Belichick always liked Garoppolo and I could definitely Shanahan wants to move on from him in San Francisco. So that, he, that's a You know, he wins, but he's
0: injury prone. And I don't know. I mean, they were talking about the Jets getting him. I, I wasn't in favor of that. He makes a lot of money. He's missed a lot of games. Like I said, he's won a lot of games. But, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about what the Jets need to do. But, you know, Stafford, I, I think, has, has a really solid arm. You know, they're, they're a very dysfunctional team. You know, he lost his uh, – star wide receiver many years ago you know barry sanders has been retired uh megatron's been out Uh, their coaching stinks
1: yeah yeah i mean that yeah that's i mean the detroit has been i I mean look you know we know as jet fans you know how you know how bad the jets have been recently but detroit is like you know along with cleveland you know, be I mean, besides, you know, obviously Cleveland, you know, had the good year this year, but Detroit and Cleveland have been a couple of like the most, you know, awful organizations, poorly run, joke of organizations, always picking in the, you know, top of the, you know, top of the draft kind of uh, organizations like uh, the last few years. So um, look, Sta- Stafford was going to move on. That that report came out a couple of weeks ago that looked at the Lions and Stafford were going to part ways Stafford I I said you know when we were talking last week Stafford deserves to play for a winner there was a lot of talks about him maybe going to the Colts or whatever and I said look Stafford deserves to go somewhere where where he can win where you know he's got he's 33 he's probably got you know four maybe five probably maybe four good years left so You know, let him go somewhere and try to try to win something at the end of his career because he certainly hasn't won anything up until now. Being in yeah, I believe he's thirty two,
0: going on thirty three, but he has a strong arm. I I I think his salary.
1: He's actually turning thirty. He's actually turning thirty three this Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, yeah, but um, so he'll be thirty three. And what you've been seeing, you know, I mean, look, take Brady and Breeze out of it because, you know, those, those guys just obviously were able to play into their 40s and, and play effectively. Um, but most guys, you know, like when you hit that like 38 age, I mean, you're seeing it, you saw it with Roethlisberger, you see saw it with Rivers, you saw it with Eli, you know, when they hit that like 38, that's that's kind of it, you know, like so you figure, you know, give Stafford four years, you know, like, I mean, he's going to a team that is a it's a win now team. You know, they they um, they're not afraid to trade draft picks. You know, I mean, they've shown that their last first round. Their last first round pick was Jared Goff, the guy they just traded. He was their last first round pick. I mean, they've they've they traded a you know, Traded the first round the following year to go up to get Doc. Then they traded a first-round pick for Brandon Cooks. Then they traded a couple first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. And now they just made this trade, giving up two more first-round picks. I mean, they're going to go like seven years without a first-round pick. And, And look, and that's their style. You know, their win now. They got uh, they got a really good defense, maybe the best defense in the league. They definitely have the best defensive player in the league in Aaron Donald. And then, you know, we just saw Jalen Ramsey might be the best corner in the league as well. Now you got, you know, Cam Akers coming on as a running back. You got a couple good receivers there in Woods and Cup. You know, Andrew Whitworth anchoring the line. I mean, this team, they're going for it. They're a win-now team. The, the thing that um, worries me a little bit about them is – I heard something today, like all most of their cap is tied up in like those six guys I just mentioned. So, you know, they're not going to have a lot of depth and a lot of stuff behind them. So, you know, if they get a key injury or two that, you know, that they're not going to be able to overcome that.
0: Yeah, very true. Yeah,
1: but I mean, look, I mean, let's look at the trade, you know, again, I mean, you mentioned the trade when we first started. Because what I'm hearing is a lot of people are trying to compare this to what the Jets will have to give up for Watson if they do indeed, you know, decide to make that move. I don't look at it as to apples to apples. This is an apples to oranges thing because, like you mentioned, they took on a really bad contract in Jared Goff. I heard a report today that they got offered the Carolina Panthers offered them the number eight overall pick in this draft for Matthew staff. So that would have given them seven and eight, you know, two back-to-back picks in the top 10. Um And, you know, obviously they went with the Rams deal, but um, you know, you see what other teams were, you know, other teams were kind of like, okay, you know, I could, you know, I'll give up a first rounder for them, you know, like, but, but that's probably about it, you know? And um the reason why they got the two first rounders from, from the Rams is because because of the Goff contract, number one, obviously, because they, they're taking on a terrible contract. Um, I, I'm not a Jared Goff guy, like you said in the beginning. You're right. I'm I'm not a Goff guy. Uh, I think they, this is a big upgrade for the Rams. I'm not even sure how long Goff will be the starter for Detroit. I mean, I, you know, like, who knows? They could use that seven pick on a quarterback if they like somebody, and they, they that quarterback could be starting, who knows, you know, by – by week five, week eight, you know, and um, and then and Jared Goff never really, you know, gets it going or they could take an approach where they try to build the team. Let Goff, you know, be a stopgap for a year and then maybe they go after I'm the surprised they didn't another pick, year so. at eighth
0: pick and, you know, start over again, you know.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, the other thing about the Rams trade is the Rams didn't have a first round pick to give this year like we talked about before. They gave that to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey, you know, a couple of years ago. So um, so now, you know, they had to give them two firsts because, you know, you're not, you, they can only give them a third in this year's draft. So they get a third in this year's draft and then a first in next year's and a first in the following years. So taking on the golf contract and the fact that they weren't getting that first round pick right away this year, I think, you know, were the factors in the Rams seemingly have having to give up a little more than people thought that Stafford was worth. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there you go. And uh, I think it makes sense for both teams. Look, Stafford was leaving the Lions. Uh, you know, you could argue, like you said, maybe they should have taken that Carolina deal and, um, and you know, and then had two, two picks this year, two number one picks this year. They could have got, but. You know what? They're looking at this as probably a little bit more of a slower rebuild. They gave this coach a six-year contract. I I mean, I don't know why, but they did. So, um, you know, they're not going to want to fire him after two years and have to pay him for four years, you know, while they hire another coach. So, this guy, you know, they're probably going to let this guy do a little bit of a slow rebuild. Uh, Look, I, I don't think Goff's a good starting quarterback, so... I don't think – you know, the, he was in a perfect situation with the Rams. You got to – look, he had a great defense. You know, two years ago, he had Todd Gurley at his peak when he was basically the MVP of the league, you know. Um, you know, he had, you know, two, three good receivers, you know, on his team. He had a good tight end. He had, you know – I mean, he he had every everything around him. He had a great coach and a great play caller that put him in position to succeed. He's not going to have all that in Detroit. You know, Detroit's a team on the bill, so that's why – I don't, I don't see Goff lasting there long. I, I don't know what happens to Jared Goff after this. You know, I mean, my, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, he could end up being a backup, or he could end up being a guy that kind of bounces around like a couple of times, like a Nick Foles or a, a Sam
0: Bradford or something. Wasn't like he that, the first you know? pick but, overall, or top three, or really high pick?
1: First overall pick. They traded up a lot to get him. That's the, I mean, that's the other thing. They trade up a lot to get this guy. I mean. I mean, this organization really has a lot of faith in Sean McVay to uh to let him do this, you know, because I mean you, you know, like he I mean he basically he basically went to these guys and said, Look, I got you to a Super Bowl with this guy a couple of years ago, but I can't do it again. you know, I, I gotta need an upgrade position and, and we gotta do something here. You really gotta have faith in your coach to let him make that move. And um I, I knew it. I mean I I knew, you know, come the end of the You know, towards the end of this year, that Sean McVay was not a Jared Goff guy. I said, if you put McVay in a lie detector and asked him if he would have ever drafted Jared Goff, I think the answer would have been no. You know, and and he got everything that he could from him when, you know, the offense was at its peak. But now this year that, you know, they were winning games on defense. They don't want to be that kind of team, even though they have a good defense. They They want to score. You know, you saw what they were a few years ago. They were lighting it up. That—that's the kind of team they want to be. So, um, you know, in comes Stafford. Uh, you know, I'll, you know, I'm rooting for him. You know, I would say, you know, if they can, you know, again, health is a big thing because they got all the money tied up in these guys. But I would
0: say they're the favorites to win that division now. Be interesting. There was also a report out there that uh, the coach of the Rams is really pissed off because Goff. Uh, made a comment towards his wife. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even like, know I, that. I, I, I would, I, didn't hear uh, that. I would get with her or something, some, some, uh, you know, inappropriate comment or I don't remember exact the details, but you know.
1: Wait, Goff said it about McVeigh. Yeah, wife? she's
0: a young, young girl, young, good-looking woman.
1: Huh. I, I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, young, McVeigh's young. You know, McVeigh was thirty-one. Yeah, but I think she was like twenty. or what?
0: twenty-one or twenty-four?
1: Who the yeah. girl is? The girl's twenty yeah. four. Wow, good for him. Good for yeah, him. she's because, hot. She's a good looking a, girl. Yeah, yeah. Wow, well, I I didn't hear that. I did not know about that report. Um, who knows? Who knows if it's true? Who knows if it's you know somebody just throwing something else out there? You know, like to you know kind of cherry on top thing, whatever. But um, it's uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, that was a you know it it was unexpected uh, blockbuster. I mean, you knew Stafford was going to get traded. I just, you know, you didn't see that kind of deal coming, you know, where they, you know, and, and those are, you know, like you mentioned before, Goff was the number one overall pick. So was Stafford years ago. So that's two number one overall picks being traded for each other. Obviously some other compensation involved. I think that's the first time in NFL history that's ever happened. I read.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, but again, this like, you know, for jet fans out there, um, you know, us included this does not mean all of a sudden that we have to give up four or five first rounders for Deshaun Watson. It doesn't, uh, it's not an apples to apple. You can't say, well, they got two first and a third, you know, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's projected to be the end of the round if they're, you know, if they're as good as people think that's number one and all, yeah, like lad, that's a great point because the number two overall pick, that pick alone is worth, is worth more than everything that the Rams just gave the Lions. So keep, so keep that in mind, you know. And I'm not saying that's enough to get Watson. It's not. We're going to have to package that with, you know, something else, another pick and a player or another two picks, whatever. But, um, but you know, I, I just want to make the point that I've seen that now, that people are like, well, well, now, you know, you, now you're not getting Watson for three first-rounders. I don't know about that. You know, I mean look, I mean you you're seeing what's going on there. He wants out, you know. He completely wants out and I know the organization is playing the well, we don't intend to trade him card. We've heard that before. We've heard that many times before and um it's going to get to a point where uh I don't you know, I don't know if that's a week from now, a month from now, uh you know, whatever, maybe 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 right before the draft, but it's going to get to a point where they have to trade him and they're going to trade him, you know. So um, I, I just want to, I just want to make the point that it's not about, um, it, it's, you know, the, the, this isn't apples to apples here. This isn't like, oh, you know, Stafford's worth two first. Now Deshaun has to be worth four first. There was other things involved there. The golf contract, you know, the, 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 when the pick is when the picks were, you know, we got, we have two first rounders this year. The Rams have no first rounders this year to offer. So think about that, you know? Yeah, Exactly yeah yeah so um but uh yeah quite a uh quite a fun uh you know quite a fun weekend it, you know it made it you know here in the news and um now you know that's you know is Watson that next shoe to drop you know is is that gonna come out soon or is this something that's going to you know, carry into, you know, the start of the year and free age Well, I, I thought that no deals could be done grid.
0: till March 17th or something like that. So how come this deal was able to get done? Or is this not going to happen? Well,
1: it's not official. it's not official yet. It's official on March 17th.
0: Here he is, San Fruccio.
2: Yo, I'm sorry, guys. Welcome
0: aboard. We're talking about uh, McWay's, McWay's
2: uh, hot wife and the Stafford deal. <laughs> I can't believe they gave all that up for Stafford. I'm shocked, really. I am
0: well, we were just saying that uh you know one of the picks was because Goff has an insane contract, and you know the 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 Rams pick is not like the jets pick it's going to be like twenty five twenty seven so uh big difference.
2: well that's true.
0: I was surprised too i i, I thought you know the jets might might get it you know him for like a third round or something. You no, know, a third or
2: fourth. You
1: know, when, I mean, so. when you, yeah, when you first look at it on the surface, it might seem like a lot, but when you really delve into it and see that they had to take on Jared Goff's contract, which is a bad contract, and and you know, I, I'll be, I, I've said it on this show many times, Jared Goff's not a good quarterback. He's not. McVay has put him in, you know, very good positions. There, he's had a lot around him in in. Uh, Los Angeles, you'll see how good Jared Goff is in Detroit when he goes to a team that doesn't have all those pieces. So uh, they upgraded. It's a big upgrade of quarterback. Look, the Rams are a go for it now team. That's that's what they've been the last few years. They don't keep their draft picks that, you know, they're very willing to trade them off to get big players like Jalen Ramsey or Brandon Cooks or even when they traded up to get Jared Goff. So that's the kind of organization they are. They are. They're trying to win now, and um, yeah, they gave up two first rounders, but they're not, you know, first rounders this year. And they got rid of that. They got rid of that golf contract. It's for them. It's the first round picks aren't a big thing to them. Like A Rod said too, they're expecting to pick between twenty five and thirty. You know that that's uh, that. You know they they want to be a playoff team. They want to be a Super Bowl team. You know they're not looking like oh, we're giving up. Yeah, it, it
2: looks like that. I mean, I could see Stafford being sort of the missing piece with that. They, I remember watching the Super Bowl and golf was missing these passes downfield. Like there was something about the way he saw the field. His, he, he was only looking at what was down below and underneath. and And I don't know if it was by design by the Patriots, but he wasn't he was missing a lot of guys that were like wide open twenty yards down the field, and I think that um you know a guy like stafford pro- won't miss those won't miss those throws he'll he'll be able to read that on defenses I, he's got a very good arm yeah
0: yeah absolutely. A man- stafford's
1: a big big upgrade to goth like like you know me and me and Alex have said you know that um we, you know, we feel Stafford's a top 10 quarterback. You know, I think, I think, you know, uh, A-Rod, you might even had him in your top five coming up yeah, really this year. Like when, when we, you
0: know,
1: well, Yeah, when we did our quarterback rankings before the, the season. And I think
0: he makes the guys around there better. And He was dealt a bad, bad hand. And the fact that Megatron, one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen, retired how long ago?
1: Yeah, I know. I hear you. And then look, after you, uh, after you get past those like elite, like five or six guys, I think Stafford he's comes definitely into the top conversation 10. after that. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think he's probably somewhere between like, you know, seven and ten, you know, eight and ten, somewhere like that. You know, uh, he's, um, he's definitely an upgrade to Goff because to me, Goff's a below average guy. I wouldn't even put Goff in my top 15, you know, like I'd, I'd, I'd he have had to, a really you know, go good season. Him, he... uh, I mean, was it two or three years ago? He did. And look, again, it's, it's, you know, he was, he had a great coach. He had a great play call. He had Todd Gurley, who was, you know, the freaking MVP that season. I I know he didn't, he didn't win the MVP or whatever, but he was unbelievable that year. Todd Gurley, that offense was based around him. He was so good at catching the ball and running the ball that it made Goff's job so much easier. And I'm not saying Goff did have a good year. You credit him for it, but, once, you know, once you take some of that away, I mean, look, look at him the last two years, you know, he, he hasn't performed for them the last two years and that's why he got traded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes
2: First a lot of sense. First domino to fall.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, this year they were, you know, they won, whatever, they won their 11 games. They, they won that with their defense. You know, they, they were uh the, the games they lost was like, you know, they were scoring like nine points and, you know, 12 points, you know, like he, he probably McVay looked at this roster and said, look, I got everything cooking here except for the quarterback. He's holding me back. I got to do something. That's why, I mean, look, it's, it's, you know, on the, on the surface, it's like, wow, two first and a third, you know, like that's, that's a lot. But again, they don't look at it. They don't look at the draft picks the same way as these other teams do. You know, they, they've been, they've proved that they're willing to move on from these draft picks to get guys yes. who are going to help them Absolutely. win that.
0: It's the first big domino. What will be the next trade that's going to happen? I don't think the Watson trade is going to happen anytime soon. It
1: it could it could carry you know it, it could because uh, Houston's going to get railed you know? for tra- um, trading this
0: guy, so they better get a haul.
1: And you you got to think you know that the GM and coach are probably talking to each other saying you know, clinging on to that very last hope that maybe we can get this guy in the room and change his mind and get him to, you know, see that, you know, this new leadership has a plan and we want him to be the center of it. That, that I don't I don't think it's salvageable. I think he's gone. I think it's going to get to a point where, yeah, where they, where they do trade him. But, you know, being that the coach is new, the GM is new, they could be having these talks. They're probably in no rush to trade him. You know, unless they get like, unless someone calls right now and offers them, you know, four first rounders, then they're probably not going. And I don't think anyone's going to start there. You know, like I think I think teams are going to try to um, try to play this out a little bit because you know, number one, they know Watson wants out, and um, and you know, and number number two, you know, you don't really know how many how many teams are involved. I, you know that that's why it's really tricky. It's really tricky for the Jets because. You know, I don't want this guy to end up in Miami. It's it's really not going to be good for us if he if he ends up in Miami. You got Allen with McDermott, and now Watson with Flores, and then Belichick. You know, you got to figure he's going to figure something out at some point. I mean, that that puts us at a pretty you know uh, bad disadvantage uh, when it comes to the quarterback position. If that you would like be Scott pretty bad
2: if he help. was if he if he wound yeah, up in the Dolphins. a offense. better
0: team than us. They're a much better team than us, and a much. Uh, now, I wouldn't say a much better coach, but a more established coach.
1: Right. Well, he's a proven coach. He's a proven, you know, good head coach. Whereas our guy, we, as much as we like him and we think he'll be good, you know, he hasn't coached right. the game yet as a head coach. So, you know, verdict's still out. But, yeah, you're right. They're a better roster. So, if they're going to get – and, and look, you already got the Bills, who are in the AFC Championship, arguably the second best team in the conference right now. You know, they're they're cooking with McDermott and Allen and they didn't lose their coordinators like we thought they yeah. would. The ball's gonna be back, Frazier will be back, you know, so uh so they're they're cooking, they're gonna be back. And that that's why I'm saying, like you know, if I'm not saying that the Jets have to offer something stupid, you know, but it it's really it's not gonna be good if he goes to Miami. Like like look, if he ends up getting traded to the Niners no big deal. or you know, somewhere you know, yeah, make the, the Redskins or I, I don't know, just, to, you know, throw a couple different to the Bears or something like that. Then, all right, I'm going to be pissed that we didn't get him, but it's not going to be the same as if he gets trained. Well, I mean, it, Alfie, you know, the you know or the Patriots those
0: guys maybe once in the regular season or in the Super Bowl, which is, you know, light years away from us. Right.
1: And, you know, and it's, it's going to hurt enough not getting Watson, but then having to face him twice a year, you know, and, and really, and then putting ourselves in a situation where we could have the either the third or fourth best quarterback situation in the division. And that's a hard, uh, that's a hard trip to the playoffs every year. If you're bat, you know, if you're looking up at Allen and, and Watson for your games, you know, then, you know, you, you, you're basically, you, you know, you're battling for a wild card every year, you know, you, you got to, you got to give yourselves a chance, that's why I just I just think the Jets have to go. They they really
0: got to go all. I really game don't and, think it's going to happen. Make this I, I think mean? he's going to go somewhere else. Why do you say that? Though? I think the Niners, uh, the Bears, someone might swoop in. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm curious to see if Douglas. I I think Douglas might not want to give up three or four picks. No, he might. You you might be right
1: about that, but. But the team he goes to though has to have some ammunition here, like unless you just think they're just going to say, "Hey, take our next four years of first rounders," and Houston says, "Okay, you know, we'll do that. We'll do a slow rebuild, whatever." But you got to remember, their their head coach is sixty five too. So how you know, what's what's a slow rebuild for him? You know, how, how Ooh, but the thing
2: is, like, you know, I, I, is this um, does Watson really like? How do we know Watson really wants to play for the Jets? Because it looks like that Watson, you know, picking the him come like publicly. Some somebody's giving the press out there that it's either Miami or the Jets, which kind of starts like sort of a, a bidding war, which is good for for Watson. And the the thing is, yeah, I don't think it's that's good for Watson. It's good for Houston. It's good for Houston, right? But the other thing right. is that you know. Um, what, there could be other teams. Like why wouldn't, you know, um you know, there's gotta be other teams out there that would still be interested in picking up a player uh like Watson as you know, not just the Jets and no, Dolphins. I know the, the Jets and Dolphins have, have more capital. The no,
1: they that no, there definitely are. That's what we're saying. Is like that's why you know I mentioned teams like the 49ers, the Bears, you know, Washington teams that like, you know. Don't really have a set starting quarterback. There's definitely there's even more than that. You know, you I mean you could you could go even deeper. You know, the Carolina Carolina just tried to trade for Stafford. You know, they need a quarterback. And even teams that have a maybe what you would consider an okay quarterback, they might they might look and say, well, Watson is an upgrade. What about like John Gruden in Oakland? You think he'd rather have Watson than Derek Carr? Probably. Not not that Derek Carr is a bad quarterback, but Watson's better. But what we're saying is that. Who who has the ammunition to go get him, though? You know, like like we, we are, the Jets and the Dolphins are probably in the best spots to go get him because we both have two first-round picks this year. We both have a quarterback we could throw into the deal, if need be, us and Darnold, them and Tua. And then we even, you know, we even got the two first-round picks next year, so it gives us even a little bit more. And ours is the second overall. Theirs is the third overall. So we could always sell that as, hey, You know, you, you trade with them, you know, what if, you know, you want a quarterback, what if your guy, you know, what if we take your guy at two or we trade to somebody and they take your guy, if you get to number two, you basically like, let's say they love Zach Wilson or something. There's, you know, it just gets out that, you know, they absolutely love Zach Wilson. That's the, they want their guy to be the next quarterback. Then they're going to look at us and be like, that's a really good uh, team to trade with because we could guarantee ourselves Zach Wilson. We can get, you know, multiple first round picks this year and next year because we, they have them to, to give us. And um, even if they, who knows, maybe they're a Sam fan too. You throw Sam into the deal and you don't have to give as, ma- as many draft picks. So um, I, I just think Austin, the Dolphins are in the best position that way, unless a team was going to say like, you know, we'll give you our first round pick from now until like 2025. And then they just say, all right, you know what? Like, that gives us, you know, two first round picks every year for the next four years, you know, we can, we can build this, you know, we'll do it. Or, or, or I guess they get players involved. That's the other thing. Do you, you know, do they start looking for like actual players, you know, on people's rosters, you know, like then, then you could see like a team like the 49ers, they got a better roster than us, you know, they could probably offer them a little bit more. So. Um,
2: Well, I think that, um, well, I also I also read today that they were – the Jets even were making an offer for Stafford, um, but, they, you know, they, they, I guess they probably weren't offering enough, obviously, but the I heard that the Jets uh, were players in that trade uh, when they when, when Stafford was being shopped around.
0: Yeah, I heard that as well, but I didn't hear it was that serious. I think they were doing their due diligence. But I think that says a lot about, uh, you know, I don't think they're set on Sam. I think they're just building them up. And they're going to trade
2: him. Yeah, if they called, if they called to inquire about Stafford, like then they're definitely you can't you, you you can't say that the Jets are they 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 must be looking for someone to replace Darnold. Like I I, I get the feeling if that if that's true, then they that that that's got to be a blow to to Sam Darnold because you know that means that they they they're, they're looking to, they're looking to replace him. Like, uh, you know, I can't, I don't know how, what other way to read that. But they're, that they're, that if I was Sam Donald, they're, they're looking to replace me.
1: I mean, it's fair enough to say that the fact that they're, you know, looking around if they were in this, that, you know, Sam's future here isn't, you know, definite. But I think you already knew that. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to replace him because what if, you know, they, they could do their due diligence on Stafford, Watson, even like a Matt Ryan or someone like that. But if they don't end up bringing any of them in, they might still resort to Sam. They might say at the end of the day, like, you know what, we, we I would have I, I, I could have you know gone with one of these vet you know these veterans or you know these guys would have would have considered an upgrade. I don't think anyone in the draft is
0: better than Sam, so I'm going to roll with. And Sam you, don't for know, another year. you don't know. You don't know. That it's so not Detroit. That uh, reached out to the Jets because they, we they, we have a you know a king's ransom amount of picks. It could have been them asking us. Who knows?
2: All right. uh,
1: yeah, I didn't even hear that they were in it. I mean, I'll tr- I'll take your guys' word for it. I didn't even I didn't hear that report though. The only other thing I, I mentioned earlier is I heard that Carolina offered the uh, the number eight overall pick for just them. That? I, uh, But I didn't or hear that um, that they're. I, that's, that's all I heard. I just heard that it was the number, eight. I don't know if there were other sweeteners or anything in there. You know, I just, it was a quick report that I saw um, on one of the sports shows that I was watching earlier. And, um, and that was it. But I, I didn't, I didn't really delve into like who the other players were. I don't think the jets were that serious again. Like, I think the jets are, I don't think the Jets would go for like a Stafford or a Matt Ryan, a guy who's like kind of like on the back end of their career like that. I I think if anything they would, you know, yes Watson like would be fine. He's twenty five, but if anything they'd either stick with Sam or you also talk about quarterback too, like you know so. I don't. Right, right. I mean, I I just don't think they're. You know, I don't think they look at themselves right now. Like, you know, the Rams look at themselves like, look, we're ready to win now. We're a playoff team. We won a playoff game. We're a quarterback away. Now Now this makes us a championship team. I don't think, you know, Matt Stafford makes the Jets a championship team. I don't think anybody looks at that. You know, like, yeah, you could say, all right, you could bring Stafford in and, and then use the draft picks to build around him and everything. But then by the time these draft picks are really like, you know they they mold. You know they develop him, and they're ready to go. Stafford's going to be at the end. You know Stafford's really only got, you know, like we said, maybe four good years left.
0: Well, you also so, uh, got to think. Uh, this, you know, I, I, I don't mean, think that. How was, many games be do you move? think the Jets going to win? You know, w- without knowing everything, what six, seven games next year? You think they're really going to win nine or ten games? <laughs> it's too early to really say. I mean, I mean, yeah. At,
1: at this rate, it, it would you know to say nine or ten. You know where are you getting that from? But but the roster's not even done. You don't know what they're going to do in free agency yet. You don't know what they're going to do in the draft yet. Like, you really got to let it – you got. You can't really start predicting records right now. I mean, the, the only – what I'm saying, though, is like, you know, when you get a quarterback in his 30s like that, in his mid-30s, no, you know, you're, you you kind of have to be a little closer to winning. Yeah. Well, it,
2: you know, I'm also hearing that there's a lot of people who were inquiring – about sam donald um uh, from uh, i heard the colts i would like to see him go to the. Saints. yeah i heard that too the Saints. that would be cool the colts washington the panthers and um the 49ers have all been um you know uh, putting you know p- I don't want to finding find the out
0: the colts with frank Wright and the fact that we traded
2: three picks and uh, a future pro bowl yeah can you imagine i don't don't care i don't care where he goes i don't care and then he winds up on the colts with the picks that they used (laughs) and and then they become like a super bowl team that would really really sting
1: hey if they want to give us a first rounder for him then he can then he can go to the colts i I'm, i'm not uh i don't agree with that at all i don't care where he goes i'm not sitting here like you know, this isn't Deshaun Watson that we have here. Like, oh, be careful where you trade him. So, you know, trade him to whoever's going to give you the best offer. If the Colts is the best offer, then give him to the Colts. Who cares about that trade three years ago? It was a different GM. It was It's ancient history. It doesn't matter anymore. It's done. So I, I'm, I, I happen to disagree. I say whatever you can get for Sam, the best you can get for him, take it. If that's the route you're going to go, if you're going to, you know, go the Watson route or, you know, Sign another quarterback or draft a rookie, and 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 you decided that you're trading Sam. Just take the best offer. You know it doesn't have to be to an NFC team. It doesn't have to be to a team that you made a previous trade with. I
0: another guy that's, in the market the there, I which I don't think the Jets should make a run at, is uh, JJ Watt or uh, Julius uh, Julio uh, or uh, you know the guy. Uh, He's escaped my name. Uh, I think Thomas over on the Saints. Those are all old guys. You know, make a lot of money.
1: Yeah no I I'm not interested in any of those guys. Uh, I mean I don't I don't know how old Michael how old is Michael Thomas? I don't think But they're Michael in Thomas salary cap old. hell, that's where they I mean I mean trading. I, Yeah, I mean I could I I could get on board with Michael Thomas. Julio Jones not not at this point. Julio's uh Julio's definitely at the end of it. That's why the Falcons got an interesting thing going on there. Cause they got Matt Ryan and Julio at the very end of their career, like a new coach. Is, is this guy going to want to just start over or is he going to want to try to run it back with these guys, which, which hasn't really worked in the last few years ever since they lost that Super Bowl, It's kind of been a mess of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's going to be a lot of movement, you know? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. But I don't, I don't want, I, I, does, don't want I don't want Julio Jones. I don't want to. And when are they going to announce what the cap is going to be because it's not going to be uh, what people want it to be. I'll tell you that.
2: Well, if the Jets wanted JJ Watt, they'd have to trade for him. He's not a free agent, and uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I, I give up anything for him. Nah, no, me, me neither. Me I, I have
1: heard that he kind of kind of wants out though. Like I mean, I mean who. Who does Who yeah. doesn't want out of Houston right now, right? But um, I, I have I have heard that he wants out. You know, he wants to play for a contender. He's at the end of his career, kind of wants to, you know, go to one of those teams that's a little closer, and you know, so he could be in the playoffs and maybe make a run, uh, make a Super Bowl run. But um, yeah, yeah, between yeah, the Houston we'll Rockets
0: see. and uh, and the Texans, I, I don't know what's going on over there with with Houston.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a tough. Uh, it's tough to be a Houston sports fan right now, you know? Like uh we we know all about uh it being you know being that uh you know, it being tough to be a fan cuz we you know we're all Jet fans here, you know? We've gone through our uh our share of misery, but but yeah, I mean, Houston's a freaking dumpster fire right now, man. I, that's that's why I just don't see them working this out with Watson. I think it's I think it's over and look, I mean, you know, I know the first, you know, A. Rod, you say you don't, you don't think it's going to happen. I think that's your your Jet fan talking that you just don't see, well, I, I, you know, also, good I things happening for up. the I Jets. Mean, be
0: disappointed. To be honest, here's what I would like. Yeah, right. One of these three, and one of them is not going to happen. I would have liked Stafford, uh, Wilson, or Watson. No, not Wilson. Russell Wilson. Watson.
1: Yeah, you said Stafford, Wilson, or Watson. No, no, what am Did I you saying? No, the guy, third? Uh, the,
0: the kid from BYU. Oh, Zach
2: okay. Wilson. I got you, Zach Wilson. So you okay. would take any one of those okay. two young guys, um, at, or one of those draft picks, or you would want the Sean Watson. So it's either one of those two guys or the Sean Watson. So you want a new quarterback is what you're saying, right, A-Rod? No,
1: no, he's saying he's saying he, he'd take Wilson. Uh, I don't think he likes Fields. Field not in number it's, two. I, I
0: mean, I, I just – I have question marks about him. I think he's inconsistent. I, I think he throws a good long ball. Uh, he runs a rattle too much. You know, Sweeney and I talked about this, that, you know, he, he was uh, sliding head first or didn't slide. That's why he got hurt. Uh, I would say fourth would be uh, Darnold, you know, staying with him. I, I don't want one of those guys like Mac Jones or – Trask or Krabs, whatever do you, his name. What is. do you
2: think about that? Everyone's talking like they're supposed that they, they, they think trading Quentin Williams is a possibility. I doubt it. What?
1: I hope not. I, I mean, I could see Houston try asking for him if it gets to that. I, I would really rather not give him up. It's, um, it's hard to say. Like, I mean, if. You know, if it means us getting Watson, I, I, I'd rather part with the draft picks. I don't, I don't want to give up Quinn and Williams. I, I think he's a star. I really do. I think he's great against
0: the pass and the run. It's yeah. hard to find at that position. And he'll do even better with um, Salah. And then it, you know, really, we get a D end, or we get a, you know, a real linebacker, and like Jadon or you know, Mosley comes back.
1: I agree. I think I think he's going to thrive under under you know a defensive coach like Salah. And um, I think, yeah, he's going to put more be- better players around. We Our defensive line's a little underrated. I- I've said that before. Yeah, like Franklin he's that- Myers. You know, obviously Q Williams. Yeah, even uh, Fotocasi. Fodac- you know, like, and they all kind of play a role. Like Franklin Myers, you know, is is good at pressuring the quarterback. Fotocasi's great against the run. Q can do both. Shepard can do a little of both. So it's like, you know, they all kind of complement each other well. And, um, you had, you had a really good edge rusher in there to go with Q. I mean, you could have a serious pass rush where, where now like, you know, our young corners, you know, it gives them, it it makes it easier for them, you know, it makes it easier for them to develop when we're getting constant pressure on the quarterback. They don't have to cover for as long, you know, it looks like we might have something in Bryce Hall, you know, bless Austin, Javelin Gidry. still verdict still out, but something there bringing a guy like richard sherman a veteran in the room you know you make those couple moves on defense and then focus the rest on offense you know i'm talking get an edge rusher get a corner and then focus the rest on offense you know and just you know build that line you know get another weapon you know get another we two. weapons. Two. another running back another receiver two cornerbacks so you know we sign one and draft that one i don't think Les yeah Lesley's i'd like to good. see that too I mean look he's I mean, he's not that good. look, he's a right. sixth round pick out of Rutgers, you know, but i I think you know we've gotten we've gotten a little more out of him, you know, especially that first year than you would have thought, and like I said, if you get a pass rush, all of a sudden, those corners. They're not covering for as long. It starts to be a little bit of a different ball game for them. I'm not saying we want to go in as Bless Austin as like our one of our definite starters. I'm saying you know yeah, bring in bring in a veteran, draft a rookie, have Bryce Hall as a starter, have Bless Austin as like your you know. Your well, this guy, you know, I mean
2: Salah is you know his specialty was you know uh, with that 49er defense they they had that. I don't I think their whole front line was all number one draft picks if I remember correctly. That when when he was coaching in San Francisco, like everyone on that on that defensive line was a number one draft pick but so he had he had top you know he he had a lot of you know top talent there, so i don't know if he's got that that kind of pool to work with, but I'm hoping he's got some kind of defensive plan for this team like I think with the talent they have what they can get in free agency you got um some guys coming back who didn't play this year and then uh you know, maybe drafting and coaching like they should be a, a, a top 15 defense. Like they should be now I'm not saying they have to be in the top five or seven, but they should be somewhere floating between the top, you know, 17. Like if they're, if they're below 15, if they're like a 20th ranked defense this year, that's going to be a big disappointment because they, it's not like you know it's not like they're starting off rebuilding the entire defense. They have guys that that are talented enough on that on that defense that could that they should be in the middle of the they should be in the middle of the pack with you know their defense. So like if if I don't see that this year, I'll be really disappointed. But you know, go, going back to like saying like uh, you know. Is can I, I'm really curious to know is this guy Kinsala and their coach, um, the alpha, the OC can these guys you know put it together with a, a real like can they bring that talent together like first of all they got to figure out the quarterback situation I don't know what really is going on but I'm getting all signs that Darnold they I don't think they I think they look in the move in a different direction so. So what is that going to be? Are these guys going to draft a guy or are they going to go all in on, on Watson? Like we're, you know, hopefully we're going to know that answer like in the next three or four weeks.
1: Yeah, it might, it might take a little longer than that, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm hoping, I'm hoping they make a splash for Watson before that and we can just put this behind us and say, Hey, we got our quarterback. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to look different whichever way they go. If they get Watson, obviously, they're not going to have that draft capital. You know, if they decide not to do that, you you have – here's the thing with that number two pick. If they decide that – see, I'm a little torn because even though, you know, I, it's it's been so much inconsistency from Sam, I don't know these rookies. It's not like we're getting Trevor Lawrence. So, I don't know this kid, Wilson. I don't know – how much better Wilson's going to be than Sam. I'm almost more inclined to want to keep that number two pick so I could trade it and get more picks and then just roll with Sam for another year. And like, because I've made this point many times, if you trade that number two pick, you're most likely going to get another number one in a package for next year from a team. So now you're sitting with three number one picks next year. You put all this talent around. So now you got... Now you're looking. You got two ones this year, probably two twos and like three threes after you make that deal. So I mean, you're literally putting like seven new players around them, plus what you get in free agency, and now now you can really see what Sam and all those people that have said. You know, Sam, you know, Sam didn't have a coach. Sam didn't have an offensive line. Sam didn't have healthy receivers. Sam didn't have a defense, whatever. Now you're going to have all that because you're (laughs) going to be able to plug all these holes. So if if it comes out and Sam's the same old Sam, then it's kind of easy to just say, all right, see ya. And, you know, you go get your guy next year. But if he flourishes in that, then maybe it was like, hey, you know what? Maybe this kid was held back maybe we can build something around him. But the problem with that then is then you got to pay him next year. Whereas if you do take the rookie, you know, you don't have to pay him for another four years. So it's really, it's a tough, it's a tough way to go. You know, it's, it's a tough, that's why we said, Hey, Douglas has a tough decision to make this offseason. As soon as they won those two games, really, the, really, the one game is all I see. I don't know. I wonder lot harder.
2: you know, Douglas is, he's like, like, he's got a reputation for being a really good scout and, you know, the draft is his thing. Like, think about that. It, you know, if that's, is this, he want to let, does he want to, you know, you know, trade that number two? Old, like this is like probably one of the highest picks he'll ever have in his career. And is he, does he, and this is as many, look how many picks he built up like this. Does, here's my question: Does Joe Douglas like want to put his ego aside and say, you know, I'm gonna trade for a uh, you know Deshaun Watson? I'm gonna give up that number one pick for Deshaun Watson, or you know, am I gonna just you know I'm a great drafter and you know he's probably very confident in his draft you know his drafting ability, so like he's gonna say like, oh look, I got the number two overall pick, you know, I want to do something with this pick, so. That's a, that I'm I'm really like I'm thinking I'm leaning more that Douglas is probably not is probably saying to himself, there's no way I'm giving up that number two overall pick unless it was something like, yeah, you want I'll 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 give you the, the number two overall pick and another draft pick for Deshaun Watson. I could see Douglas doing that but because douglas has got the background of being a high you know a drafter like he loves the draft he's and he's got a team of scouts like i don't i don't see him giving up all of that capital for Deshaun watson especially the number 2 overall pick ah.
1: but Sandre, Sandre, let me ask let me ask you this then if if what you're saying is true and douglas feels that you know, the draft is my thing, you know, like I'll, I'll hit in the draft. Then don't you think he thinks that he can hit in the second, third, fourth round? Don't you think that he, he, he can look and say, you know what? I can give up a couple you know, first rounders here, get my quarterback and I'm a good enough drafter that I'll find talent in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. Well, if you, yeah, if, you, if you put it that, that way, like that's definitely that a
2: good point. Like, um, you know he could just he you know that would be definitely something he could say like you know i'm good enough to find the uh, just as good a t- i could find i could find second and third round talent in the fourth and the fifth round you know like i could i could find i could find that number one pick with a number with my, exactly. my second pick overall exactly. uh, my, my my second round draft pick right like my
1: my early my early second rounder right. will be better than half of the first rounders that go. You know, right. he could have that kind of kind of attitude with it. Um, so, like, you know, there is there is that that way too. And and again, and I'll repeat, like you know, uh, like I did last show. Um, th- what the first round picks this year are they really as valuable as most years? With what's going on in the world, with what went on with college football this year, the opt outs and no combine. Are these first round picks as valuable as, say, first round picks two years ago or two years from now? That's a question you gotta ask yourself. That he might say, you know what? As good as I am, I don't freaking know what's going on. These kids didn't play last year, you know. I'm a little confused too. I can get a I can get a freaking made star here. I don't know, man. The more and more I talk about it, it just seems so obvious that that you should really offer these picks for. I wouldn't give them all four, but I would give them two this year and one next year. And if they want more than that, then we can talk about, you know, you know, maybe draft picks, you know, later round picks, or maybe Sam Darnold if they want to do that. But but if we're able to keep Sam, let's say we trade three first rounders. They decide, you know what, the three first rounders is good. We get two this year, one next year, and then maybe throw in a third or something like that. And then we keep Sam. We can trade Sam then for like, I, I know, you know, most people don't think we'll get a first form, but we could trade him for a second and like a fourth or something like that. And now we still got a couple seconds, couple thirds, couple fourths. And he can use that, you know, that philosophy that, hey, I can find talent here and maybe talent drops to here because other teams. So don't you don't know think Houston wants anything to do with Darnold, So yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I don't know that. I really don't know that. But but what I'm saying is because they might – see, if I'm Houston, I, I'm like this. Like I'm either like that number two pick, you know, I'm either going to take – I'm going to take my quarterback there if I really like somebody. If I don't like someone in the draft, I could say, hey, you know what? Let's get Sam and the number two pick. You know, let's say, you know, they ask for, you know, three number ones and Sam or something in the trade. So then to them they could say, look, we'll roll with Sam for this year. He's cheap for this year. We'll take the number two pick. We'll trade it just like I'm saying the Jets should. We'll trade it to get even more picks. We'll build those picks around Darnold. Now we got two first rounders next year as well, plus the later first rounder here. And, you know, that might work better for them. You know, I, I don't know who they like. I don't know if, if they'd rather Sam or one of these rookies. And that goes the same for Douglas and Sala. You know who do they like? Do they like Sam better than these two rookies, or do one of these guys pop to them that they say this guy, I think, is you know at least moderately, if not, you know So um, here's the what th- do you guys think of this Wilson
2: or be Wilson standoff. versus
0: fields? who do you want?:
2: Sounds like fields is I, I hear more hype about fields, but I'm ca-
1: Hey, uh. A- Rod, I'm kind of with you with Wilson and, and look. I gotta, I gotta be honest here. I, I don't know these kids super well. Like I, I'm not the guy that should be grading these, these college quarters. Like I wanted Lawrence. I think Lawrence is a, is a no brainer, you know? Um, but after that, you know, fields, you know, I, I, saw him a couple times this year. Sometimes he was good. Sometimes he wasn't. I get the same impression you do that. I, he seems a little small for the NFL um, I didn't like the fact when he, you know, he didn't slide that he's got to learn. He's got to slide. You know, I I just, I don't want to end up getting a guy in here that's, you know, that's missing, you know, four to six games a year or like, you know, you're worried about running all over the place like that. I just, I I don't want that to be my quarterback. And the, the more I read about Wilson, I read like, you know, he's, he's, he's got a real, like a play, a knack, a playmaking knack to him. You know, he can really make plays. He's got a really good arm and, um, and he's just got a um, – he's got, like, a good way of reading defenses, you know. So it, so all of it – all of those, you know, points are, are solid points. It, it's just a matter of look at the competition he played. You know, that's what most people are going to say is, like, how do you know if this is going to translate to the next level because half the time he's playing, you know uh,
0: – And he's got a rocket on the parent or, or to- whoever. So they're I comparing went, to Mahomes, Rodgers, so uh, Mayfield. Uh, you know that's good company
2: there. You know if when you think about it, if you're Houston, Houston's looking at it this way: if they can make a trade with the Jets or the Dolphins to get either a two or a third pick, you know that means that they're they're uh, they're going to get a quarterback. They're going to get either Fields or whoever's available. Like if they get the Dolphins pick, if let's say they trade with the Dolphins, so they know at number three they're getting they're drafting a quarterback at number three no matter what. There's three quarterbacks that'll that'll be available in the draft at least. And if they get number two, if they get the second pick, so I think that they it makes sense for Houston to trade either with the Jets or. The Dolphins, because that will almost guarantee them the chance to draft a quarterback high in the first in in the first round. And I think what they're trying to do is seeing like, well, what else can we get besides that? You know, that the, that high first round draft pick from these teams. So I guess they're trying to see what can they get more from either the Jets or the Dolphins. Um, to you know like supplemental picks, because no matter what they 're going to have an opportunity at either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson if they trade with the jets and the dolphins they they 're going have they 'll have a chance at both of them, and they 're probably going through a full rebuild right now i I'm, I would assume that they 're going to just break the whole thing down and they're just gonna gut it they 're going to gut it and start all over again so
1: but that 's also assuming that they like both guys. You know, so like, like, you know, if they're like if they like both guys, then they could say, all right, there's not a big difference between two and three, you know, because e- e- even if Fields goes 2 we'll get Wilson at three. But if they're really partial to one of those guys over the other, then it, re- it makes more sense for them to trade with the Jets because they're not guaranteeing themselves getting that guy at three if they don't. So it really depends on how they feel. And then it, they might feel where, hey, I don't like either of those guys. I'm going to use that pick to, you know, trade back with a team who wants them, build up my picks, and maybe take your quarterback off your roster. Like I said, and both the Dolphins and Jets, Dolphins could give you Tua, the Jets could give you Sam. So you know, then it's like, hey, who who, who do you like better, Tua or Sam? Who do you like better, Wilson or Fields? It kind of becomes a game like that for the Texans, you know, if if they want to go one of those routes. So I, that that's why I I keep, keeps making sense that the Jets and the Dolphins have them have the best uh best um offers to give them, you know, um uh, unless like I said a team comes out and gives them like like you know if like San Francisco comes I'm not saying they would do this, but San Francisco comes out and says, "I'll give you, you know, our next three first rounders and Nick Bosa or something like that, right. you know, and, and they're just like, Oh, well, we got to do this, but. So, you know, so that, that's why, you know, a team could get involved that has a good roster in trading players. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know how many, you know, players San Francisco would want to, would want to trade away for them, but that, you know, they do
0: have a Ford. lot of good players. a lot on of good players that solid um, developers. Wouldn't that be some, that we he develops these players? Yeah, they and got the, the, uh, that, uh, the they draft. San Fran is able to get Watson, and we're not. Well, that's the
1: whole thing, man. I mean, that's what good teams do, and, and that's why it's not all about first-round picks. I get it. The first round's sexy. It's, you know, the first night. You always want to, you know, have those picks, and you get the fifth-year option. But good teams, you know, they hit in the – second third fourth fifth round and they develop these guys and then in three years you know you got a guy you picked in the fifth round who's starting for you who's earning himself a second contract that that's what it's about here and, and that and that's what you can start doing now if you're the jets because you have a competent gm and a competent coaching staff and that that's why i just think you know what like we, we got you know douglas did a great job in the jamal adams trade he got more than anybody thought he would have got for Jamal Adams. You know what? Now we got a chance to turn that, you know, into Deshaun Watson, make that part of the Deshaun Watson tree where when, when they're writing Joe Douglas's legacy years from now, they say, you know what? He got there. The first thing he did was get two first rounders for a strong safety. And he turned around the next year and, Package that with another pick to get, you know, the third best quarterback in the league. And then the Jets went on to win. I mean, that was a haul. I mean, the guy needs uh, one or two surgeries. I don't know. He was a
0: pain in the neck. Uh, Always. I I didn't like it from the first time I heard him on the radio. He was bashing everyone and and crying and, and complaining. I'm just like, shut up, man. Jamal Adams. Who's
1: that? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, he had to Bash go The I mean he got cornered. Like, like, Shut that... up. <laughs> but it was amazing, It's like he's, you know, he's sitting there forcing his way out, telling everybody he doesn't want to play there, he doesn't want to play there. And what does Douglas do? He gets two firsts, yeah. a third, and a freaking player for him. I mean, he just he just got what the freaking uh what the Lions yeah. got for their franchise quarterback. I mean and we didn't take on a bad contract either with it. I mean, that I mean that was crazy. You know, I mean, that, that was a great trade. That's what gives me so much faith in Douglas. That, you know what, I, I don't think he's going to screw this up. I think he's got a tough decision to make. But if he decides that, you know what, Zach Wilson's the guy and he's better, then I'll then I'll go with it. It's, it's probably not my move. But if that's what he decides and says, I'm going to take Wilson and we're going to build around him, then, you know what, I'm for it. And if he decides, you know what, I'm going to – Keep Sam for another year, and I'm going to build You know, I, well, he got we'll for him, in him, in him in but him he's got to make the too, good picks. You know, too. but absolutely, you got to hit. And then look, I mean, even guys who are good at drafting miss. You know, like I, I mean, you can you can look at the teams that you consider good drafting teams, like Steelers, the Ravens and the Saints and whoever else. And and you could you could pick out you could pick out misses. You know, like they don't always hit, but they hit more often than not. And that, and that's what you want to be, you know, but that, but that's why, again, you know, draft picks, man, there's nothing guaranteed about draft picks. The Rams just showed you what they think about draft picks. You know what? I'd rather an established guy going to help me win. And that's what I'm saying now. Hey jets. I, I know we need other pieces, but the first piece is a franchise quarterback and we got a shot to get one here, go get him, And then we worry about the rest. Douglas what? will fill in those holes with other picks. And and free agent. Yeah. Don't forget. And then and I, I
2: was free reading agents. today somewhere some that free there's, there. a, yeah. there's a big uh, Oklahoma offensive lineman. Uh, he's a, he's a, he could be the guard or a center. I think he was a center, and he didn't give up. He didn't give up a sack for like, like you know, like a couple of years or whatever it is. Forgot how many starts he had. It might be. It might be. Is that, is that he's just Creed, a big Humphrey? guy? Like, is that who that is? So like three hundred and something pounder. I th- I think he played for Oklahoma, and um.
1: Uh... Okay, I think I think he might I think it might be Creed Humphrey yeah he's projected to be like a a late later first round yeah pick. So like that that, could that be a perfect would pick be for like our like if,
2: if,
0: There's you know, a lot of good linemen out there.
1: This this draft is good with linemen. And it's deep with linemen, so that's why I'm saying like you could still get good linemen in the second round. You know, like if we end up, you know, if we if we end up trading our first, like you could still get a good lineman in the second round. You know, you could still get a good yeah. wide receiver in the yeah. third round. Yeah, uh, the
2: they draft. just like I just he was he he played center, so I thought that it would be perfect for the Jets to get, like, um, you know, a big center. Like, if they have that position shored up for, you know, for a long time, that would be really good for them. You know, like, look, the uh, – like, yeah.
1: I like that. I like that. And imagine they sign, like, Scherf and they got Beckton Scherf and Humphrey, three first-rounders anchoring your left side. You move Govern to right guard. Yeah, and then that's the thing.
2: If they do that, like if, if he could really put together a great pass-blocking and run-blocking offensive line, like that means you don't, you know, you you could you could get any – you can get – your quarterback can be – a guy who might have a couple of little weaknesses. Like he might not be as mobile as, uh, as you know, like, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? Like it could be, he might not have, he might not need, um, you know, he might have, if you, you give a quarterback a lot of time to stand in the pocket and you give him a tough running game with a foot of play action pass, like when you got an offensive line, that could do that. It could turn an average. Like, I think like Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know, he's good when he plays on a good team when the, when the parts are around them and stuff like the Sean Watson, he's the kind of quarterback that makes other guys good. Like he's got the ability to make plays. I think a Garoppolo is the kind of guy, like if you give him the protection and you give him a run game, he could, you know, he'll, he could win games for you. Like he could have, you know, a good game. So yeah.
1: One one hundred percent agree, and same thing about exactly. Jared Goff. Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo I mean, are almost the same Think guys. about um, Jimmy. Jimmy's probably a little think also bad, about like um, the, you know the Drew
2: beat Drew, Drew Brees. He's got a he's got a quick release, so he avoids lots of. Stuff, but he's not mobile at all. you got to put a solid line around him, and you got to give him wide receivers who know how to run really, really good routes. You know, and then you added a good running game, and then Drew Brees is what he is. But you put Drew Brees on a on a team with a with a garbage offensive line, he's going to have a terrible season. You know, he's he's, he's not going to.
1: Yeah, well, mo- most most got yeah, most guys are going to struggle with that. I mean, that's what makes Watson so special is like he plays behind a crap old right. line, and he's still you know putting up top five numbers. You know. Like, that, that's what makes those guys – most guys are going to need an O-line. I mean, look, even, like, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, they needed O-lines because they're not mobile enough. Like, a guy like Pat Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, you can – you know, you if your li- one of your linemen goes out, they can, mm-hmm. you know, they can improvise because they can move around or whatever. And same with, like, Watson, like we said. But, but yeah, these pocket passers, man, like, you've got to surround them with a line. And even the ones who aren't pocket passers, like – if you unbelievable don't have a mind, you got to get gotta, look at andrew luck i mean andrew luck was andrew luck was mobile you could Perfect example. luck could move you know but they got him killed. they ended back his there. career they ended you his know? career yeah. yeah they got him killed back then now he re, he retired what 10 years before he should have because of that and i'll tell you right now if andrew luck was in the yes, league right now really, yes. he they
2: ruined his career in that like, guy that i thought andrew luck uh he had he had the ability to probably have his own records and be be you know he probably could have won a couple of super bowls and he's the, he was the kind of guy who was big mobile extremely Absolutely. tough could throw the ball was accurate and like if if they would have just kept you know protected him and i remember mike Francesa saying like you know, they, he goes, they're going to get this guy killed. They're going to get this guy killed. And, and sure enough, it was like two or three seasons where they didn't do anything. They didn't invest in their offensive line. And then, you know, he just makes this announcement like, I'm not coming back. And then, you know, I, I really feel bad. I don't blame him. No, I don't blame him either. I mean, he had, yeah, like he had some serious, he had some of the most, like really, really,
1: Imagine how good that team would be right now with I mean, look at how good yeah. they were this year with a with a basically done Phillip Rivers. You know, like like I mean, they, you put Andrew Luck on that team, man. Yeah. Like, they, I'm telling you, they're giving Kansas City everything they could handle. Like, like it's a freaking shame because I loved Luck, man. I loved Luck. He was he was the truth. He, I mean, watching him, he would make plays every Sunday where I was like, are you kidding me? But you're right, that GM was terrible. Is it Ryan Grigson, I think his name was. He was terrible. He got him killed. You know, he got. I remember one year where they had a first, their first round pick. It was a late first round pick because Luck, you know, carried him to the. He was the a stud. Four, Phenomenal. Won like eleven games with like a half ass team. Yeah, but he got a first round pick, and they needed line. Like everyone's like, you need, you need offensive line. You need, you need offensive line. You got to go offensive. Line. And he guy, yeah. Philip Dorsett, like a receiver, where, where like a receiver was like. The last thing he needed, because you already had luck making every receiver there better. You can give luck any receiver, he'll make them better. You don't need to take a receiver in the first round. Instead of protecting this kid, he does that. And, you know, sure enough, he loses his job. Frank, you know, Frank Wright comes in with uh, Chris Ballard, the new GM, but it was too little too late. You know, it's too bad that those guys... Didn't weren't the ones that started there with him, or Andrew Luck would still be playing and would pr- probably, like we said, you know. Bring, speaking of the or, Chiefs, you know, at least uh, since get you brought them up,
2: like there's only, you know, it made me think, like there's there's only one way to beat a team like because if we're talking about the Jets, like looking at their future, there's only really one way to beat a team like the Chiefs. First thing you need is you need you need a really good defense obviously you need a defense that's going to like you know slow them down or confuse them like you know figure out a way to 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 you know play them very very tough but the other thing you're going to need to beat the chiefs assuming that the chiefs for the next let's say 7 years are probably going to be The most, one of the most dominant teams in the AFC over the next seven years. The other thing you're going to need, you're going to need a good running game. You're going to have to figure out a way to run the ball and keep their offense off the field. And then you're going to have to have a defense that could hopefully, you know, slow them down or get some turnovers or just. You know, you hold them to field goals. Well, I get That's the, the
0: only – Hold them to field, field goals. A yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Line, uh, running game, play action, you know, quick yeah, but, passes, but, but, fast guys. So I, I have a feeling they want to build a good running game. I don't think they're going to go, uh, No, uh yeah, you know, right. draft one in the first round. Right. But I could see them going second or third round.
1: No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And Sandra, you made that point last week that like, you know, or or maybe two weeks ago that, you know, like you, you see them yeah. trying to build, you know, what the 49ers built over there, you know, and build a strong running game, you know, with a lot of motion play action with a quarterback's stone mm-hmm. on the run. I mean, look, that actually does favor Sam Darnold, you, you know, like, I, look, I, I know, I, you know, I know where we're at with Sam and everything right now, but again, if, if the Sam supporters are right, and it just needs, you know, you, you just need a new coach and some new things around him. That's why I'm saying it might not be the worst thing to, right. uh, to go with right. him for one more year to, while you build this team up, you know? Because who knows? If you give him a strong – like you said, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Remember when Jimmy Garoppolo won the NFC Championship game yeah. and I think he threw seven passes that day? Do you guys remember that? I think he was he was like five for seven. It was it was last year um, against the the Packers. They ran the ball down the throat. I think that guy Raheem Mostert scored like four touchdowns or something in the game, and they just ran it down their throat. Garoppolo didn't have to do anything. Garoppolo got to a Super Bowl last year, right. basically not really doing anything in the playoffs, you know. And, and then when he got to the Super Bowl, you know, he missed the big throw that would have won the game. So it's like, I mean, if if Jimmy could get there and Goff could get there, like coming out and of college, the thing I think like, Sam was more talented. Yeah, also, than both
2: keep those guys. in mind that so. Who would be the who would be the the free agent QB next year? That would be or or a guy who wants to get off a team like this year, like the like every year. I feel like every single year there is like a a guy a, a a top end quarterback looking to switch teams or you know find a new home and stuff like that. So the so like there could be.
1: I don't know if it's a top. I don't know if it's a top end, but I I like. I get your point that there's usually a veteran or two that can move around. But top end, you know, like like this is kind of unique in having like guys like Stafford and Watson out there. You know, like that's that's a little bit of a unique situation. Like last year, it was like a guy like Nick Foles, you know, like. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I I think top end guys are normally locked up unless right. you get you know. Well, the, the point I like want uh, the you point, know, point I, Watson,
2: I I I was yeah. trying to set it up for the point that I wanted to make, which was to agree with you that look, we can go with if we're building up the offensive line through the draft and and, and free agency, and we're building a formidable team this year let Sam Donald sit on a really good team. Like the poor guys never even had a year with any weapons, you know? Like when, you know, when, how long, how long is it going to be before we've given this kid, you know, uh, you know, a a legitimate, give give him him a a fair fair shake. And then look, give him a fair shake, put him in a new system, see how he does. Yeah. And in the meantime, you used a lot of your good draft capital um, this year to draft like to, to get those high picks and get some like, you know, some blue chip players that you can get that you you still need those kind of blue chip players, too. So, look, I, I think that that would be
0: right. You build a formidable team. Let's say he doesn't do well. Then you draft right. or, or trade. Or then, you know, next whatever, year you need a, a right. quarterback and you have uh, right. you got the team around them. Look at what we did with Sanchez, you know, with a good team around them. I'm not saying we're going to have the same type of team in a year. But, uh, you
2: know, exactly,
0: exactly. Like,
1: I mean, yeah. And, and look, that's not the way, you know, that's not the long-term way to win, you know, because, you know, the, the way, the way to win long-term is to get the quarterback position, right? Because then like, you know, you could miss a guy here or miss, you know, you're missing a corner or you're missing alignment. The quarterback's going to mask your flaws for you because he's that good. And he's that important. So that's the way to go. But in the meantime, if we, you know, if we're not going to get Watson and we're still kind of looking for our quarterback, why not build the team up and try to win the way the Niners won, the Rams won, um, you know, teams in the past won, you know, like – uh like the Buccaneers back in, you know, Oh two or, um you know, even the Ravens in 2000, but I don't think you're going to, you know, find a defense that good anymore. But um you know, you know what I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, agreeing with you guys that, they, that there is another way to win. You can win that way. And um who knows if, if these guys, if this guy LaFleur really gets through to Sam and this system really clicks for him and you, and you bring in that strong running game where he's going off a of play action. I mean, I mean, look, look at how much better Jared Goff looked two years ago than he looked this year just with a strong running game because because you play action and you look up and all the linebackers are coming in. You got wide open holes to throw to your receivers. You know, it's kind of, you know, common sense that the better your running game is, the better your play action is going to be and the easier it's going to be for your quarterback. So, uh, you know, look, I, I... like I was a fan of Sam, I didn't like what I saw this year. I was a fan of moving. Now, you know, once I thought we were going to get the one pick, I was like, you know, we got to move on. We got to get Lawrence. Now we're in a different situation. I still want Watson over him, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to take one of these other rookies over him. When yeah. we can just do, no, I you wouldn't know, take. I wouldn't take a chance way, on like
2: we just one of these about, rookies you unless I, you I, had I, Trevor Lawrence. That would be a no brainer. But if you don't, if you're not getting Trevor Lawrence. Then I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a rookie quarterback and then, um, you know, over Sam, you know, and replace them, pro, replace Sam with one of these uh, other rookie quarterbacks. I just wouldn't do it. There's only one quarterback that you really, if you're going to replace Sam with, there's only really one quarterback that you would do that with, and that's probably, you know, Watson. Like, like who? who unless who else? Like, you know, you're not going to do it with Mitchell Trubisky. You're not going to do it with anybody. It's like it's. No, nope. I don't. me Garoppolo, no. My dear wife. You know? yeah, You're no. You know, yeah. Not gonna really do with Matt Ryan. No. No, no. But here's another scenario: like the Jets, right, if the Jets wanted to, that, that they could make just, sense for the If Jets, they did exactly. trade Sam Donald because they wanted to get rid of him and they liked one of these other quarterbacks, they could draft a quarterback and with the, with the number two overall pick, and then you could. Pick up a guy like Matt Ryan, put that kid on the bench, and let someone like a Matt Ryan start your season, and then you know put. Makes too much
0: money. You bring him in to start and stay there for a year or two. I I don't think that uh, Ryan is a stopgap. I think he wants to win. I don't think the Jets are a good fit for him. Yeah, no,
2: I don't. I don't think. I don't think so either. The Jets are still like in a way they're in that in between zone.
1: I I think you. I think you hit the nail on the head before when you yeah. said it's it's either I think it's either Watson or, or it's Sam. I, I do. I, I mean, uh, you know, the like I said, I got all the faith in the world in Douglas. So if he decides that, you know, Zach Wilson's the guy, then I'll get behind it because I like Douglas. But if it were me, you know, and I wasn't going to get to Sean Watson, I'd probably run it back with Sam and try to get everything I could. For that number two pick yeah. and then i got like i said i mean i got freaking draft picks galore and free agent money galore you're gonna have you're gonna have freaking to hard 12 to gel. New starters on this team you know with going a while the... to gel yeah. what's that i'm not i mean I yeah you, i mean like I, I mean hopefully you have guys. a regular training Lawrence. camp this year
0: uh you know i need to and we all need to watch more film on, on fields and Lawrence, uh, I'm not a big fan of this guy. What's his name? Trey Lance, who I don't think even played last year. So I mean, uh, he's raw. Yeah, have you actually watched? Like, how much have you? Like, I'm I'm asking you guys this honestly
1: because I have I haven't seen a lot of these guys. Have you actually watched a lot of these guys? Have you watched a lot of Trey Can't Lance say. or Kyle? Trance I saw a couple
3: games Mac of all Jones, those guys,
0: or even Zach Wilson, I wasn't and Justin Fields. You did. You know uh, this year the Jets were so those bad players. that I, I I like scouting that quarterbacks. Yet. I was watching a lot of Lawrence, uh, some games of Fields. I watched a lot of YouTube clips of Zach Wilson. I, I can't tell you. I, I don't even know what channel he's on. Um, but I saw okay. Mac Jones. Wasn't impressed just because, you know, like I said the last couple of times, those wide receivers are, are wide open and he's a statue. Uh, Tras the game I saw him, he was horrible. Lance, I haven't seen. Frank yeah, or Trevor yeah or I, haven't, is- I haven't.
2: I haven't. I um, haven't. I just seen some highlights, but I haven't really I haven't like watched enough film on them to see how how good they are. I mean, I to tell you the truth, I, sometimes I, I. it doesn't even matter because, you know, we, we've seen film on guys that look great in college and they look and they come in the NFL and you're like, what? What? You know what <laughs> that? Well, that, you know. So the college and the pros is just two different levels of play. They're, they're, you know, only like, look at Lamar Jackson. He was, he, he had a pretty decent last year and uh, I think it was Louisville, but then he comes in the NFL and he just, you know, he had a great, you know, whatever seven games or whatever, eight games before they um, when they turned it over to him in his first in his rookie season maybe he was more than that. maybe he had, maybe played 10 maybe he had 10 starts in his rookie season. So um anyway, I, I would just say that uh like it goes back to it, it's either going to be Darnold or it's going to be Watson who are probably going to be starting next year. I just don't see any other quarterback out there that unless unless they un, you know Sala really has a great relationship um, with Garoppolo and wants to bring him bring him in. But I don't, I don't, I don't
0: see that happening. Uh, I like Garoppolo. I just, you know, I like that he's Italian and and stuff like that. I just think he's far too injury prone. And, and, you know, I have a feeling like, like I said, it's going to be Darnold Watson or, you know, Wilson or, or, or Fields.
2: one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But, um, I don't. Is, I don't even know if Garoppolo is kind of a cold weather quarterback. Like I, I, I got a feeling. Well, he played. Came he from did. He did. Yeah. He didn't light it up there, though. He. He, he, didn't, he didn't play, play much, much in New England, so you know. Dude, I don't know. I. I yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. You know, isn't you he know, a we'll Southern California guy? On, uh, I don't.
0: I'm, know I'm having a honest, hard time uh, with these uh, Southern California need, uh, quarterbacks. Glendale, yeah. We need our uh, research guy Glendale in here uh, next time. All right, guys, we're we're gonna conclude. Any last minute uh, thoughts? Um.
2: Uh, no, I just I just hope that uh, you know I I hope that the Jets just don't give up too. If they get Watson, I uh, I just hope they don't give up too much. I mean, I I I, I, I would like the idea of having Watson on the team. But I just hope that they don't give up too much. And I, I got the feeling that Douglas, yeah, he's he looks like the kind of guy who wants to keep as many draft picks. I think he loves he loves his draft process. I, don't, I don't know if he'll, he'll he'll give up that much for him. Well, let's see. We'll find out.
0: Yeah, I mean we have a lot of time. Uh, you know we have the Super Bowl coming up. You'll hear from us on Thursdays, guys. So thanks for tuning in. Take care. Be safe out there. Enjoy the snow. Buy a snowblower. Make sure you get salt and uh, get some hot
2: cocoa. (laughs) Take care.
0: Take
2: care. Ciao. Hello, everyone out there,
0: and welcome to an episode of the A-Rod and Lauderdale show. We're going to be discussing the Rolling Stones and Charlie Watt. I have here my man, uh, Lauderdale. Unfortunately, we have some disappointing news, devastating news. The great Charlie Watt. Unfortunately, he passed away. Devastating news. Uh, Thoughts on that, Lauderdale? When
3: I heard the news of Charlie Watts passing, immediately I was devastated. The world was devastated. Fans all over the world were devastated. Musicians, whether they were famous or not, were absolutely devastated. We have truly lost a legend of a band that has influenced generations and generations for many, many years. I think this is one of the most devastating times in music history.
0: I mean, Charlie Watt was uh, the key to this band. He was the glue in a lot of ways. Kept the band together. Think about the Rolling Stones. You know, they were together for 60 years. You know, that's six decades longer than we've been alive. You know, six decades. I mean, we got plans You know, I know you were a band member of Greek Tragedy and some other good bands. Uh, Lauderdale's an excellent uh, drummer and a guitarist and also sings as well. You know, to keep a band together for that long and transcend so many periods, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think every
3: band has its complications. I think with many bands, you have drug addiction, you have lots of addictions. In this band... For many, many years, Charlie Watts was the key to keeping this band together. They interviewed the Stones many, many times. Keith Richards, Ron Woods, Mick Jagger, Bill Wyman, and all the responses were, Charlie. And the amazing thing, Alessandro, is that when they interviewed Charlie, and said he was the reason why the band was together for all these years.
0: <laughs> he actually turned around. And he believed it was absolute rubbish. Yeah, very humble gentleman. You know, I mean, one of the guys who was married many years. You know, a rock star. You know, these rock stars can, especially a guy in the Rolling Stones, and get any woman he wants. I mean, these guys, I recall seeing them, you know, once at Yankee Stadium. Another time in Foxborough Voodoo Lounge. Um, that, that... That album was amazing. You know, I I can't get no satisfaction. I mean, what what separated Charlie Watts from, you know, the drummer, of the Beatles? What made him the best? A lot
3: of musicians, journalists, music magazines always compared Ringo Starr and Charlie Watts together. They're both very phenomenal, legendary drummers. The one thing that we have to, and musicians have to respect, is their difference in their style. Charlie Watts was a very straightforward drummer that was not a big filler, show off, twirling sticks. He kept the beat. And a lot of drummers out there, as they know, the problem is is one, two, three, four, symbol crash, one, two, three, four, fill. The uniqueness of Charlie Watts is is that he would go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and keep that steady, which is essential for all drummers. You know what's
0: what's Devastating, I, I can't imagine what Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, the rest of the band is going. I mean, you're, you're going through you're, you're talking about family for them. I mean, the Rolling Stones meant so much to the world. You know I mean, I, I remember recall seeing other bands, you know, really good bands, you know, Guns and Roses, a lot of other bands have stayed Def Leopard have stayed together. But this is a band that had a very unique sound. And uh, what's your favorite album? From the Rolling Stones. To actually be truthful to you, uh, Alessandro, um,
3: I think they had very, very many phenomenal albums. Uh, To be honest with you, I would have to say probably my favorite and the world's all-time favorite
0: was the greatest hits album, Hot Rocks, Volume 1. Yes, that that was awesome. It was really, truly amazing. What is it about the Rolling Stones band that made them better than other bands, you know, throughout the generations? Their unique style,
3: their unique sound. They, every album had a different style. They would play blues, they would play funk, they would play a little jazzy. uh, they were very well known for the rock, but the combination of the rock and the blues together, the Rolling Stones were very influenced by Muddy Waters and B.B. King. And that's what, what Keith Richards and the Stones grew up on. So it was nice that they had that variation of taking different styles, even country, and combining that all together. So it never got boring.
0: It always stayed pure
3: and interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic point. They were able to fuse all these music together. And, you know, you had Mickey, Mick Jagger and these party animals that had a lot of energy, a lot of passion. And Charlie Watt was a guy that was behind the scenes. I mean, he wasn't a guy, as you mentioned previously, eloquently. He wasn't a guy who was uh, very outspoken. He was very, wasn't very flashy, he was very humble, kind of behind the scenes, not, not an egomaniac. Um, You know, a gentleman that, you know, passed away quietly in the United Kingdom, where he's from, in England, the UK out there, you know, surrounded by his loved ones. What's your uh, favorite song by the Rolling Stones? I have to be
3: honest, Alessandro. I think that's a very hard question for me. Top three. for all of us. I would have to say top three. Sitting on a fence off the Flowers album. I think ruby tuesday which is a world known song and she's a
0: rainbow off the satanic majesty request album i hear you yeah the rolling stones is a band and for those of you i'm sure you guys know it they originated in england and mick jagger is an unbelievable guy i mean he here's a guy that that uh is actually his own agent studied economics uh a good friend of mine, Silverman, is always raving about him, met him in person, and the energy of that band. I mean, this is not a band that, you know, was a one-hit wonder. You know, they're, I mean, not to put down any other bands, because we had a lot of good bands that we, we grew up listening to, whether it was uh, Nirvana, Guns N' Roses, Led Zeppelin, or, you know, someone who, they, they just keep reinventing the wheel. You know, and that's what I really admire about them throughout the years, just blending in jazz music, funk, the energy, you know, I, you know, world famous, going on tours in in South America, everywhere, you know, and that electricity. I, I can recall seeing that one of the concerts out in uh, Boston, and you know, we didn't have great seats at the time; we were in nosebleeds, and uh, Mick Jagger just came in, came out through the, uh, through the floor, and and just, you know, when like, the concert was over, and he just like everyone was going insane pumped up, a lot of energy, and, and just electric, you know, irreplaceable Charlie Watts. What do you think is gonna be the future of this band without their drummer, their lead men? There's been interviews with the band
3: on, uh, in, in music journals, in magazines, also online, on many, many music Music industry, they've had interviews with the band. There is no future without Charlie Watts, in my opinion. I don't see a future without Charlie Watts. Do I see solo efforts with band members in the Rolling Stones? Absolutely possibility. The Stones were actually rehearsing together to do a tour for 2021. Charlie Watts started not feeling so good and missed a few rehearsals. And then unfortunately, we had the loss of Charlie Watts.
0: Yeah, he's irreplaceable. I mean, if they do want at one point, you know, I don't think a musician ever really retires. Maybe he's not, they're not gonna go on tour. You know, they do hire another, you know, with, with respect to Charlie Watts, obviously, if they get another drummer in there, um, to so-called replace him, although he's irreplaceable. You know, that's the, the magical part of this band, because if you look at the bands throughout the years, you know, they break up. They break up, whether it's um, the Guns N' Roses, their they're, uh, they're guys, they broke up, you know, um, Pearl Jam, they, they go to other bands, Aerosmith, um, stayed together for many years. And, and you know, that, that's just a part of the band. And they end up forming other bands and, and doing, some of them did great things at another band, you know, and, and keeping a band together and, and and really hitting up on that and being on the top of the charts for so many years. And, and, you know, as I previously mentioned, you know, people think of Mick Jagger and the band as being, you know, just rock stars and party animals, but they're actually very bright people. I mean, how did he... Um, you know, growing up listening to him, how did he influence you in playing the drums till to, to this day? You know, from when you were young until now. How did Charlie Watt influence you? Starting playing drums at the age of seven, I listened to the Stones
3: a couple years prior to that. Charlie Watts is very influential, and I think it was very influential to any drummer in their right mind. He's very good for a beginner, for your timekeeping. And if I may, I'd like to get to where you were talking about musicians being replaceable. The interesting thing, Alessandro, is is that the truth is, is, is that any musician can be replaced, but there are those musicians that are so unique that they can't be replaced. Charlie Watts had a style, an aura that will never be replaced. A presence. A presence in the band. It will never, no matter who they hire or they have another drummer, it's not going to feel the same. And I think that it will be, on that stage for them, very emotional. It will bring back memories of Charlie Watts. And they're going to wish
0: that he was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and there's, there's going to be a tribute. You know, we're, we're actually, you know, we put this together, uh, not only being, you know, a fanboy and someone of that, it's just you know, to dedicate our respect for, for, for someone who transcended music as we know today. And, you know, we're going to be talking about this band for the next 20, 30 years, eternity, because people are still listening to them. People that weren't even born yet will still be listening to Charlie Watt and The Stones. Period. What are your thoughts about the younger generation listening to music that may not be, you know, produced in 2021? On that statement, a lot of discussion
3: on music in the industry today. Music is all technology. It's all pre-recorded. It's all triggered. There are a lot of parents out there that are introducing to their children the stones and... Great classic rock bands. I think the Stones are very quick to be very catchy. I think they're very admirable.
0: Yeah, I mean, the music industry, as you know it, there are a lot of really good musicians out there. They don't get enough credit. It's a really tough industry, and it's a really solid point that their parents are influence you. So let's say you're growing up, you're listening to the Stones, your father, your mother, your brother, sister, whoever lives in the Stones, you automatically pick that up. So, you know, there are a lot of people out there, that you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years old, you know, younger generation that are picking it up, you know, on a cassette player or a CD player. You know, we have MP3s, you have so many different sources of music. You can listen to it on uh, Spotify, you know, and, and just have music, uh, YouTube, whatever it is. We're able to get music on point at any time. And it's so readily available, which is great. You know, which is really great, but the technology has made things a lot easier for musicians in some ways where things are pre-recorded when they grew up, they didn't have the same technology they did. And it wasn't quite, I don't want to put down any person musician now, but it wasn't, it was harder back then to, to record because they didn't have the technology, they didn't have the acoustics, they didn't have the equipment that we have in modern day, uh, to to make someone's voice better, to make their drums better, um, to to accentuate what it is, you know, pre-recorded, as you mentioned previously. The nice thing about it,
3: back in the day, compared to the technology that we're talking about now, it was pure. Yes. It was natural. Absolutely. It, It was not, it was not overdubbed. What you heard is what you got
0: what you see is what you get that's it if you didn't know how to play it there was no re-recording it re-recording it and and doing it you know i mean there's some awesome agents out there and we've had an opportunity to be in some studios i know you you over your lifetime have been in some studios you know the difference between playing acoustic and being in a studio when you have really good equipment it can make your music sound a lot better right absolutely The nice thing about the
3: purity and the naturalness back in the 60s, 70s, and 50s is mistakes were made. But a lot of these mistakes that musicians make were actually a very beautiful thing. They actually could have made the the songs better. Yes, indeed. And I feel that with the technology, when I played in bands, we in Greek tragedy, Lost Legacy, other bands. We could re-record and re-record, which we did, but it causes so much frustration, and it gets confusing, and it gets agitating.
0: Well, I mean, it's one of those things, we're, we're out there, I mean, for all our listeners out there, thanks to you for tuning in. You know, whether you're playing, you're starting out in a garage band, you know, My Godfather was dear to my heart and very influential, you know, he played for decades and decades and, and with his influence on me. And I remember messing around with his amazing drum set and, you know, in his basement, going out to uh, places he performed out, you know, and, and I, I give you guys a lot of credit. You know, I, I'm a novice. I'm obviously not, you know, on, on this stage, but it's a lot of fun and it's really therapeutic listening to music and, uh, you know, so many eras here, you know, Woodstock and, um and now, and and how this band has has been able to uh, to keep going and going. The Rolling Stones
3: have never put on a dull show. I absolutely think Alessandro, you would agree with this. Every show they put in hundred percent. I saw them on the Steel Wheels tour in 1989, which was absolutely one of the greatest shows I've ever seen that was the last tour that the bass player bill wyman actually played on and speaking of charlie watts there wasn't a lot of photography of him on the screen
0: but i listened he was sharp he was on time which is hard which is hard i mean drummers you know you're a rock star you know i mean i i remember, uh, listening to the radio station uh, recently and they're saying, oh, you know, Guns N' Roses, Axl Rose, he's going to show up when he wants. And a lot of musicians will do that. I mean, being punctual in a band, you, you know, as being a band member, you get there, you know, the drummer's an hour late. You know, he's having some issues. He's, uh, you know, he's partying out too late or the, the band. It's hard to keep a band together. And these guys, they brought it every day. They brought the energy. They brought the passion. They were 100%. You know, and I, I recall seeing them. It was electric, the energy behind it. And, you know, playing, dear, what? I mean, how old are these guys? Sixty, seventy-some-odd years old, and they still got it.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. What I think really kept them together is that they were really family-orientated. They were so close as brothers and family. That's what keeps the band together. yes. Being a family, the Stones had that knowledge of being a family, being responsible for themselves,
0: being responsible for each other, exactly caring being, about each being other, being respectful of each other, not Absolutely. being overly jealous. I mean, things happen in a band, you know. You you're attracted to somebody else's girlfriend, maybe somebody else's wife, and you know, rock stars they're, they're very good with women. So, I mean, these guys had a lot of respect. For each other, and, and and that brotherhood, that family sense together, which is rare and doesn't happen in bands. You know, it's very very rare that that that's a really solid point that, that you brought up. And uh, you know, feel free, guys, um, to keep on listening to us. You know, we're gonna be going over other bands in the future, but we want to take some time today to really take a moment and uh, take a moment of silence, just you know, for for Charlie Watt. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to an episode of Alessandro Lauderdale discussing the Rolling Stones and Charlie Watt. We love you guys. Keep listening to us and uh, definitely keep uh, listening to the Rolling Stones. Take care.